Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Kabeca. Welcome to Couch Talk. I'm super excited today to have be sharing with you a dear friend of mine and a very unique physician. Her, the topic of our talk today is When Love Meets Medicine, Seven Keys to Accelerated Healing. So really excited to have Dr. Shiroko Sokish here with us today on our Couch Talk. And as you know, Couch Talk is a place for intimacy, right, to come here shamelessly, guiltlessly, to learn and be inspired in healing and health and any way we can get there um, through truth. So I really welcome all of our listeners today to Couch Talk, and I want to um, encourage you to interact on my Facebook page at Quebeca Health and also on my blog page, and make sure you are signed up to our Couch Talk to get the latest in releases that we have coming out weekly, and that's at quebecahealth.com forward slash Couch Talk. So a brief medical disclaimer is that the opinions expressed on this site by Dr. Quebec and guests are published for educational and informational purposes only and are not intended as a diagnosis, treatment, or as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. Please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns. The site does not endorse or recommend any commercial products, medical treatment, pharmaceuticals, brand names, processes, or services, or the use of any trade firm or corporation name is for the information and education of the viewing public, and the mention of any of the above on the site does not constitute an endorsement recommendation or favoring by Dr. Kabeca. So I want to welcome our listeners and introduce them to Dr. Shiroko Sokish, who is a former emergency room doctor who has been practicing integrating integrative medicine for over 25 years. Her unique gift is to empower you to feel your best no matter what you are going through. Her blend of love and integrative medicine with acupuncture give her a unique perspective on helping you to find the solutions to your health pro- problems. Dr. Shiroka is really unique in that she went from the ER to study and then studied acupuncture and oriental medicine. And um, it is an honor to have you here, Shiroka. Thank you for joining Thank us. You. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Tell us a little bit about how you got started. How did you go from the ER to integrative medicine? It's quite a big difference. <laughs> treatment, right? Treatment at the, you know, on the crash, right? To preventing, preventing the crash to begin with. Yeah. Well, it's actually started before I went to the ER. It started when I was a surgery resident, um, and I went into surgery because I wanted to save lives. That's the whole reason I went into medicine was this, this thing that happened to me when I was five years old. Uh, my great-grandmother basically died in front of me. Um, She collapsed one day, and she was my very best friend in the world. And uh, after she collapsed, she was taken to the hospital, and I never saw her again. And when I heard that she had died, I 
was so devastated, but in that moment of feeling devastated, I had this moment of like, there's got to be a miracle, there's got to be something that will bring her back, and that has fueled me pretty much my whole life. It's like, what is the miracle? Where am I going to help people to find the answers? And the first answer I experienced was saving a life in surgery, you know, so I went into surgery thinking that was it. And then in surgery, so many times people didn't get better and didn't, you know, there were those few lives that we saved, but so many times that that I didn't experience saving a life and I, and I saw people in pain and suffering. And so I kept looking for answers and I really, I mean, at that time I also had sort of a, a personal crisis of, uh, several things happening all at once so it was kind of like a pile of emotional crises that happened to me at the same time that I was still not feeling like I was helping people in the way that I wanted to so I read this book somebody gave me a book and it was called The Web That Has No Weaver which was basic it was about Chinese medicine and how Chinese medicine works and when I read that book, I just fell in love, and I decided I wanted to do acupuncture, but I didn't know how to go about it. I just wanted to do acupuncture. So while I was still rotating through my surgical residency, and mostly in the trauma hospital, I met a respiratory therapist who had finished acupuncture school, and he helped me figure out how to go to acupuncture school. And and then... I went to acupuncture school, and so while I was doing emergency medicine, I, like I left my residency in my second year, and while I was working in the emergency room, I went to acupuncture school. And so the, the two of them were parallel, you know. So the whole time I was working in the ER, I was also studying acupuncture, and I got this opportunity to figure out, like when I saw a patient in the emergency room that I didn't understand what was happening by Western medicine, using the best tools that I had available. There was Chinese medicine in the background, like, oh, this makes sense from the Chinese medicine standpoint. And so I kept having these opportunities to understand people in a different way. And and so when I finished acupuncture school, I had already been working in the emergency room for five years, and I decided that I wanted to open a healing center with the integrative medicine approach so that's what I did and then it took me a few years to get it off the ground you know so so then I ended up working in the ER for a whole 10 years before I was ready to leave yeah and can you give an example of like someone you saw in the ER that you were you know inclined to use some of your um, integrative training with or the acupuncture training with sure um, of course, I never did because it wasn't appropriate in the right. emergency room, although towards the end I had a really hard time, you know. So mm-hmm. um, one of the very biggest things that I saw because one of the is it was people who had the flu. And in Western medicine, when someone has the flu, all you can say is go home and hydrate and, you know, rest and and. You know, and sometimes if they were severely dehydrated coming into the emergency room, we could give them, you know, IV fluids. But really, that's all we had. We had hydration and and fluids and some medicines to suppress some of their symptoms if they were in severe pain. But in Chinese medicine, we had herbs and we could do acupuncture. 
I had the flu myself one time and and I was when I was early in my acupuncture training and I went in to see my acupuncturist and I had this terrible sore throat I couldn't even swallow and I was so sick I couldn't move so I don't even know why I decided to go to see him but I thought well what the heck I'll just go see him and he did one treatment and in two hours I was better I mean, he also gave me herbs, but within two hours of that acupuncture treatment, my sore throat was completely gone, and I felt better. And the next day, I was able to function. And so that's not, like in that case, of course, we knew what the diagnosis was, but in Western medicine, we didn't really have a solution. But in Chinese medicine, we did. And I couldn't, you know, like in the ER, I couldn't say that to people, but but it was, you know, one of those times where I really felt like, wow, I wish I could help these people in a better way, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I know that because I think it's really impactful. I see, you know, many physicians in our age management medicine world um, that have come from ER physicians and thinking, oh, my gosh, if we could only have done A, B, and C, we could have prevented it or, you know, what Mm – you know, what are um, some of those tips? Like you're going to walk through with us today um, your seven keys to accelerated healing. Or an accelerated healing is a great, um, I mean, who doesn't want to heal, right? But let's heal mm-hmm. quickly, right? Let's let's avoid the pitfalls. Let's stay on track and, um, and you know, remain cognizant that we will get better, that we will heal, and that, you know, we've seen clients over and over again who do heal. Can you talk about um, a patient in your practice that has come to you? And I know you have so many beautiful success stories, but let's relate to a patient in your practice that has come from uh, the Western medical world, let's say, and how um, you were able to accelerate their healing. Sure. Um well, I'll take I'll take somebody that I've been taking care of for the last eight months. It's a woman that I actually have had as a patient intermittently for the last seven, eight years. And um, a f- about a year ago, she started having really severe abdominal pain and couldn't eat. She was already pretty thin. She's about 60 years old. And she was already pretty thin, and and she started having this pain in her stomach, and she couldn't eat and started losing weight. She went to the doctor, and she went to probably six or seven doctors, and they did all kinds of tests. They looked, they did endoscopy. They did the various tests that you do to try to figure out what's wrong with her stomach, and nothing showed up, so they wanted to give her antidepressants. And she was in severe pain, kept losing weight. And actually, her husband is a physician, a retired physician, and... um she emailed me sort of I hadn't seen her in a few years and she emailed me and she said is there anything you can do for this and I said yes because in the Chinese medical system her problems had an answer and they had a a diagnosis that in Western medicine we weren't able to give her because none of the tests showed anything and this is one of the reasons I love Chinese medicine is because a lot of times people will come in with a, a symptom or a problem and because our testing, I feel like Western medicine will someday have the answers to everything, but our testing right now isn't up to understanding what's wrong with everybody because we haven't developed the science yet. Or, you know, if you just even look at neuroscience, which has had a huge amount of advancements in the last few years, 
a few, you know, 10 years ago, that information wasn't available. And when someone had a head injury, we couldn't do anything. But now we know if there is a head injury, there is something that needs to be done to help them heal from that. Same with this woman. The tests that they did, we couldn't see. There was no solution. But So when she came in, I listened to her problems and what her symptoms were. She was extremely anxious. She was having stomach pain. She couldn't eat. She was nauseated. And I felt her pulse and looked at her tongue, which is how you diagnose. And, And in Chinese medicine, the spleen is the organ that's responsible for your ability to take in food transform that food into energy and transport it to the rest of your body. So it also regulates the emotion of worry and the ability to concentrate. And she had symptoms in all of those symptoms in the systems. So I started working on balancing her spleen and I changed her diet so that she would only eat warm cooked foods cuz the spleen wasn't working so we had to feed her with foods that would not make the spleen work. And then with acupuncture and certain special techniques in acupuncture, I started to heal her spleen. Slowly her anxiety got better and she was able to eat. I think within two treatments she was able to start eating and have less pain in between the times that she saw me. And now she credits me with saving her life. And her husband, which is the total coolest thing, her husband has now started taking all these functional medicine courses online and is you know is like oh wow there's something here beyond what i learned years ago so yeah and i think that's the beauty of it we go into medicine looking for tools to heal and um we we don't stop looking right we we really have to continue looking and i think that's the most significant thing is looking for it and when we find the answer that resonates with our you know, um, potential, our aptitude, it's really, it's it's beautiful feeling. It's like, oh, that's why I went into medicine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's go in from the um, oriental medicine perspective and, and from your work with acupuncture. What are um, some of the, what are some of these keys to accelerated healing? Well, um the first one, you know, the title of the title of my book is When Love Meets Medicine, and so the first key is love. And there are many elements to love, but love first, your body, um, because we have a tendency when our bodies are uncomfortable or in pain to hate our bodies, or when your body doesn't cooperate in the way that you would like it to. You know, like a lot of people come to me saying, I can't lose weight, or and they come in hating their bodies because they're, unable to get their body to do what they want it to do. And so my first thing that I do is, one, show them that loving themselves is going to help them more than hating their bodies. Second in the love arena is my love for them and the love that we share. So it's, you know, my business is called Heart to Heart Medical Center, not because I take Mm -hmm. care of physical hearts, but because... It's the heart connection of one person to another that opens the door to healing. And there's, you know, your research actually shows that. You know, you talk about oxytocin. And and in my research on love and healing, I have also, you know, gone deeper into that understanding of oxytocin and how important that is for healing. 
and how when you get stuck in a dark place, it's harder to heal. You know, and so bringing love, bringing whatever love a person can tolerate will help that door open to healing. The second key, what's that? Oh, no, and I love that, you know, your your topic is when love meets medicine. And and that it's profoundly healing. You're absolutely right in staying open to love. Because we find often, right, with um, that sense of, of disease, you know, physical, emotional, et cetera, stress us to the degree that we don't feel love for ourselves, maybe love for other people, that lack of oxytocin and how healing oxytocin is. We're finding research that it improves aging muscles. And um, so as a longevity um, uh, tool, oxytocin love, you know, love in and of itself in so many ways um, promotes healing. Thank you. So um, share with us the second key. Thank you for teaching me about that. (laughs) It's really listening (laughs) to your lecture that that opened my eyes to that deeper, you know, like, and I'll go into that someday. My second book is going to be about how hormones are connected to the chakras, but that's not today's topic. Um, Anyway, fascinating, though. We may have to touch on (laughs) some of that, too. (laughs) Yeah. And then the second, the second key is taking care of your physical body. And so, of course, you know, that's the one thing that most of us do. If, you're, if we feel a physical problem, we go for physical help, right? If we have a broken leg, we need physical help. If we have a migraine, we'll take a medicine or if we're smart, come for acupuncture, you know. But so that when there's a physical sensation, it needs physical care. So that's where you see a doctor or have acupuncture. But there are three elements of physical care that I think are different than the normal um, doctor-patient situation because a lot of times when a person has a physical problem, we go and we just focus on that. Like if they broke their leg, we want to set the leg, which is important, of course. But every other thing comes into play. And so how I see it from my Chinese medicine point of view is the the physical has three key elements. One is recognizing that everything is connected. Two is that if you work from the perspective of balance, your whole body has to be balanced in order for that healing to occur. And third is that we have to pay attention to your brain, your immune system, and your hormones. Because those elements, no matter what is happening, if those things are not in balance, then we can't heal completely you know okay so if it's something simple like you have a cut on your wrist you're not going to go and get your whole body balanced necessarily but if you're already healthy when you have a physical challenge it's much easier to heal from it which is why you know when somebody's 20 they come in and they maybe have a migraine or they have a broken ankle or something they heal more readily because they have their hormones they have their brain chemistry and their immune system is most likely intact But when we're older, we've had many more challenges on so many levels, and our immune system might be more tired, our hormones might not be in balance, and our brain chemistry might not be the way it was. And so it's not because we're old, but it's because certain things have happened in our lives, those things start to decline. So when you balance all of that around any physical concern, everything works better. 
Yeah, so, uh, that's so, so true. And I would say this, it's a head-to-toe approach, you know, like the, in our restorative health model, there's a head-to-toe approach, you know, we can't leave out one part or the other. It's yeah. all it's all connected. And the more we learn about the energe- energetic aspects of healing, of our um, reigniting our body's innate ability to heal, we have to recognize that it's not, you know, one mechanism that's going to fix it. And, you know, one drug, one, you know, surgery, one you know, um, approach, it's, it really has to be this head-to-toe, has to be head-to-toe. So that's, um, you know, that's fascinating. So how do you how do you listen to your body? So how how can we if we're sitting we're sitting here and our listeners are listening to us talking? How do they listen to their body? So that's the third key to accelerated healing is learning to listen to your own body. And um, so how you learn is you start doing small things to listen. But the bigger picture of it is. That if you listen, because again, you, we both practice integrative medicine, and and what I think is unique about how we do that is that each person is unique, and so you may give somebody, you know, a hormone treatment that you would give to another person, and that person won't do well, or when I do certain things, I can, and this happens to me so much, you know, I'll see like three or four patients that have the same physical complaint. All in one day, it's as if life is showing me, you know, okay, you're going to see all these people with the same exact problem, and they're all going to have a different response to what you do. And so you're going to have a different answer for each person. And that's the key is for my for the person to come in and learn to listen to their own body. So the first thing is, like, noticing when you're hungry or noticing when you're tired or when you walk into a room, noticing how you feel when you walk into a room. All of those things are listening to your body, but we're just, we just take it for granted. We just kind of assume that our body is just going to come along with us wherever we go. But if we start really paying attention, then when it starts screaming at us, you know, we have a sore low back or we have terrible migraine with our periods or, you know, we can't sleep at night, then we begin to have clues that what's happening, you know. So what I teach people is first to do something simple. Like probably more than 25% of my patients don't eat breakfast. So the first thing I have them do is to tr- to force themselves to eat breakfast, even if they're not hungry, to just start to listen to what it feels like to do one new thing. Because mm-hmm. when you're in a pattern of doing something the same every single day, you may not actually even know what your body feels like because you haven't been listening. And you haven't been paying attention. You've been kind of paying, you know, taking it for granted. So if you do one new thing and change that, or let's say a person loves to eat French fries. I have them stop eating French fries and see if they feel any different. And then, you know, a week or two later to add that back in and see if that feels any different. Just slowly, slowly to begin to notice And I know a lot of people feel overwhelmed by that concept, but it's actually fairly simple once you start listening. 
It's mm. happened to probably thousands of my patients. You know, when they first come in, they think what I'm doing is a little bit like voodoo, you know, having acupuncture and all that. But one of the things that acupuncture does is it re- reduces the amount of noise in the body so that you can begin to feel things on a more subtle level. And you can begin to, and people start, you know, like it's been, I've had this feedback so many times, they start to feel, oh my God, I can tell what I feel like if I don't, if I eat this. Or I can tell, you know, that this symptom has gone away, but this symptom is starting to show up when I do certain things. So they're like slowly over the period of the time that they work with me, they begin to understand their own body and being able to tell me what they're feeling and what is happening. It's a very important part of healing. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And how is it that, you know, we always ask, how does acupuncture work? How is acupuncture working? And how do you use it? How do you know where to start? <laughs> well, three years of acupuncture is gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, <laughs> um, well, how it works theoretically, um, because there's still research going on. But one of the things that's – several things that have been observed about acupuncture as it works is we put a small needle in a certain location, and that that location has – you know, people ask if it's by a nerve or whether – you know, or whether it's – you know, what is it affecting? And – there is research that shows that when you put a needle in, there's a, an electrical potential from the needle that changes the electrical potential in that whole area. The Chinese medicine description of how acupuncture works is that when you put a needle in, usually you're putting it in a specific location to have a specific change in how the energy is moving. So the whole idea is that you're made up of energy and energy flows through your body in certain patterns. And when we put a needle in, it changes the energy flow, which allows the body to heal. Mm. There is a woman who's an, actually, she's an osteopath and a veterinarian and an acupuncturist. She's amazing. Uh, What is her name? Oh, Narda Robinson, I think, Dr. Robinson. And she has a medical practice on one side of the street, and across the street she has a veterinary practice, and she's been doing a lot of research on how this stuff works. And she thinks it is all connected to the nervous system, and she can show how it's anatomically connected. So I love her research in that she's she's taking it from the metaphysical into the reality of Western science. So that sounds fascinating too. So yeah. I mean, that's it. There's, there's a we're learning more about about the actions of it and mm-hmm. understanding the blend between Eastern and Western, right? The integration between Eastern and Western, and that is what makes really our our country so so great. You know, we are so open minded in general, in nature. Now, our medical systems, I'm not saying that our organizations are so open-minded <laughs> as a rule, but, you know, if it's not, if it's very, we're very territorial as well, but but still, you know, we're, we're open to the science. We're open to the results. And, you know, after seeing them time and time again, it's indisputable. And the key thing is that 
cause no harm, right? You know, what are we doing that's improving health, empowering the immune system, balancing the hormones? Hormones are, in and of themselves, energetic molecules. They are energetic molecules. When we look at hormones, hormonal balancing, we need to understand that they all interact together. We can't, you know, if, if the thyroid's out of whack, we need to ask why, and we need to keep asking why till we get to the underlying underlying issues because when we change it at that very foundational level, so much else changes. And, and that's kind of how I look at acupuncture too. Mm, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's a, a small change, very fundamental to ignite a long response. So um, share share with us some more of your keys to accelerated uh, healing. And I would like to tie in the, you know, if you can give us a couple examples on the hormones and um, acupuncture meridians. That's pretty cool. Examples of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> you mean you're talking about... Um, so how I'm the not sure, yeah. about how the hormones relate to the different um did you say acupuncture meridians? Oh the chakras. The chakras, okay. Oh yeah. Oh that's a whole new I mean that's a whole different arena, but I'll talk about that a little bit. Let me tell you a little bit about the the rest of the seven keys and then I'll mm-hmm. tell you about the chakras and the hormones. Because it is one of the things that I found most fascinating. Um so the third key I already said is listen to your body. The fourth key is to uh, find your own unique lifestyle. And so each, you know, I always say there's thousands of diet books because every person has a diet that works uniquely for them. So you take that tool of learning to listen to your body and apply it to your lifestyle and start finding the exercise that works for you the diet that works for you, the attitude that you want to hold, you know, through. And, you know, I didn't just do this with thousands of patients over the last 25 years. I also did it with my own body, you know, because I had to learn to listen to my own body and I had to learn to uh, to find what works for me, what exercise works for me, what diet works for me, and through doing that, have been able to share that with my patients. So it's not just been this one-way street of me administering. Um, The fifth key is to recognize that your emotions play an important role in in Chinese medicine. And every organ, the liver, the spleen, the kidneys, the lungs, the large intestine, every single organ has an emotional and a spiritual function. So that the organs don't just have physical functions, which, you know, I always say that there's just a little bit of overlap between Chinese and Western medicine where the organs do something similar. But in the Chinese medicine, there are more physical functions, there are more emotional functions and spiritual functions. And I love to use the liver as an example, especially because it pertains so much to women's health. The liver regulates the smooth flow of energy in your whole body. It regulates your menstrual cycles, it deals with the emotion of anger, it deals with stress, and it's the it the emotion that it regulates is anger and frustration. And as a spiritual function, it is the master sergeant. So the liver is the organ that's in charge of getting things done, which is why so many people in our culture have liver imbalance because they're 
we're so focused on getting things done in our culture. You know, we're like, we're always on the go. We always have to get something done. And so I see a lot of liver imbalance. And how it manifests in women so often is they have severe menstrual problems. They could have cramps or endometriosis or fibroids or migraines. All of that is connected. And um, and again, this is a pattern that I've seen in people who tend to be super duper stressed is like they may start out with being young women who have menstrual problems. They have severe cramps or PMS. And then it evolves into fibroids and they may have severe heavy bleeding and then you know, somebody recommends they get a hysterectomy, so they'll get a hysterectomy. And then maybe several years later, they're, they'll have some pain in their side, and it'll turn out to be their gallbladder, and they'll get their gallbladder out. And then, and then they develop migraines. And all of those things are in the same energy meridian. They're all connected. But in Western medicine, they're unrelated. And it all has so, you know, and and I've seen literally hundreds of women like this, you know, over the years. They usually come in after their hysterectomy and their gallbladder's out and they're still feeling awful. And so one of the cool things is that when that pattern of energy has been established, just taking out the uterus isn't going to solve the problem because that pattern is still there. And so what I do with acupuncture and using Chinese herbs is to help them unravel that pattern. But also, usually the underlying concern is the anger that that person has. And helping her experience the anger and know that that anger is connected and heal that helps them heal that whole pattern of energy. So that's how the emotions play a role. What's that? Yeah, yeah, and I've seen that so many times in my practice when I would work with, when I learned more about detoxification, for instance, right? we got to detox the liver, all our hormones are filtered through the liver, and we, you know, it, it makes such a big difference, and our emotions get detoxed during detoxification process. And lo and behold, the, the fibroids decrease, the endometriosis decrease, the um, ovarian cyst went away, right? You, you know, clients got pregnant. And um, and that makes a huge difference. Like, okay, here we are addressing the liver, not addressing the uterus, and the benefits are on the uterus. And and as I you know as I, as I learned, okay, um, that when we treat the end organ, so we are told as as gynecologists, surgeons, okay, well the problem's the uterus, the fibroids are there. Um, but what can we do to decrease the fibroids? I mean, that's not part of our training. And now, now hopefully it, it is more and more, especially as we speak about it. I mean, what can we do? We eliminate, you know, eliminate the toxins, eliminate the inflammatory agents, alkalinize your diet, have more greens, crucifers, um, support detoxification, support the liver, and then the fibroids, the fibroids shrink. And here was this potent block to fertility now becoming, um, you know, cleared, and and the end organ didn't need to be removed after all. And 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 the situation that we've seen over and over is, is like you said, patients have come in with um, you know gynecological problems, and we remove those organs, and then they have intestinal problems or breast problems. You know, we see that we see them go together: uterine cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, ovarian cancer, and uh, the links are, are more than the genetic link underlying it. So when we look at the inflammatory link, the toxicity link, that those are very, very powerful. And um, in by addressing 
addressing the the organ, and I love how um, you express that the you know the organs aren't just the physical organ; it's an has an emotional function. And so those emotions have to be released, and that's not easy for us, right? right? We hold on to a lot of stuff, and as women, we're good. So, so key your seventh key, your fourth key was. Tell me that again. Lifestyle. lifestyle. Find your unique lifestyle. Okay. And then the fifth one was dealing with your emotions or recognizing that they play a role. So another element of emotions is for so many people that I see they've had their problem for quite some time and they're coming to me sort of at the end of their rope or I'm the last resort. And and they've been frustrated with whatever's happening to them. And so, you know, I, I do all the things that I do, which is look at their hormones and balance their whole body and and approach it from many angles. But then there's that place where they're stuck and it's the emotional component and that's, you know, where I help them go into that place. And the what again with acupuncture the cool thing is even if it's a physical problem and and I can see that there's an emotional component, sometimes you don't even have to think about the emotion just using the acupuncture because that the the definition of acupuncture is also incorporating the emotions, you know, and and dealing with them on a level of balancing them through the acupuncture. So, and then the sixth key is uh, recognizing the spiritual component, you know, that that our bodies are the vessel for our spirit. And therefore, anything that happens to us, it's like our bodies are our spiritual school just as much as our lives are our spiritual school. And so many people recognize that, you know, something happening in their life is a spiritual lesson, but something happening in our body is also a spiritual lesson. And that can have so many different manifestations. And this is where the chakra system comes into play. Each, so, you know, do you know about chakras? I know very little, but assume I know nothing. Okay, so there are seven chakras. And if if you're standing up, your, the chakras are horizontal in the sense that, you know, they you, they cut across your body. So the, the first chakra is your legs and your feet and your hips. And the second chakra is your lower abdomen, where, including your low back, your hips. I'm sorry, your pelvis, your pelvic organs. The third chakra is the middle of your abdomen, which is um, your stomach and your spleen and your liver and your gallbladder, so all of that area. The fourth chakra is your heart and the chest, the fifth chakra is in the throat, and the sixth chakra is um, kind of the middle of your forehead, we call it the third eye, and the seventh chakra is at the top of your head. What is so fascinating and cool is that there is one hormone-producing gland in every single chakra, and there are spiritual and emotional functions in every single chakra. So that means that our hormones, like you said, our energy medicine really, they are responding to a spiritual thing, a spiritual drive, if you will. And so if you look at each hormone, or I mean there's always more than one hormone that each gland produces, but in you start to, like, you can see that this could be a whole book all by itself. <laughs> but so how I show people to understand their spiritual 
component of what is happening if if there's not a clue and you know 90 not 90 maybe 70% of the time if i ask somebody what do they think is happening in their body they will tell me a whole lesson that they are aware that they need to learn you know they know it already they just never put it in that context but if you don't understand that then you kind of look at what chakra it is in what Chinese medicine meridian it is in because the meridians travel vertically so the chakras travel horizontally and the meridians travel vertically so then you have a grid of your body where you can look at the emotional component are you still there yeah I'm still here sorry I lost oh, you. there was so a you weird sound yeah that was bizarre okay um, anyway there's a grid where you can study your own emotional lessons and 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 use it for your own healing. So but that like I said that's my second book which hasn't even started yet since I'm still in the middle of my first. <laughs> and then the last of the seven keys is to never give up to always search for answers because there are so many reasons that we might not find answers. You know, there might be, you know, for the patients of mine that say they can't lose weight, so often there are so many factors. There might be an emotional factor. There might be a spiritual lesson, but there might be a dietary factor that we have not discovered yet or an infection that's hidden or or the body's busy with something else and it just can't put its energy into losing weight at the moment that you want it to. And so to not give up on yourself ever, always look for the people who can help you with healing, never lose sight of the fact that that healing is possible. Mm, So well said, because if we, you know, if we can see it for ourselves, we can attain it. So the key thing is not to lose hope, you know, to hold on to hope, to hold on to your vision, to hold on to your dream, to hold on to your aspiration and reconnect, recognize your spiritual gifts, but reconnect with your spirit, right? Reconnect with your body wants and desires and listen to what is needed, you know, is nurturing at the times when you need it so that we, you know, we are resilient, that we create resilience. So I am really fascinated with both your books. So how will we um, be able to find out when they are released? Well, um, uh, well, you can stay in touch with me, and and I'm actually doing a webinar right out, like, or the shortly after the air date of this Mm -hmm. interview that we have. My webinar is going to be on December fourth at five thirty. East Co- or West Coast time, so that it would be 8.30 East Coast time. Um, and it's called The Seven Keys to Accelerated Healing, so I'll go much more in detail into it. It'll be a live webinar so you can ask questions. And and in that, I, it's free. And then I'm going to start doing a more advanced course after that. So if you stay in touch and you sign up for that webinar, I'll keep you posted as to when the book is ready to be published or when it comes out. Great. Yeah, and, and uh, that that link is up on our website for um for your webinars for the seven yes. to accelerated healing. It can you give us that website location again? Yeah, it's www.healingwebinar.com. Very simple. And there's great a, great um, web address. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's easy to remember. Healingwebinar.com, yes. And it's yeah. Dr. Shiroko Sokic. Where are you in practice? If someone's in your area, they can come see you. I'm in Northern California, north of San Francisco, in a town called Santa Rosa. I've been here for 21 years now. <laughs> mm. Well, it's fantastic to share you with my audience. I know you've worked with a few of my clients that are out that way, and I so appreciate your approach. And you can, you know, you can hear Dr. Shiroko's approach. She's just really from the heart, and that makes a big difference. So, uh, Dr. Shiroko, tell us some, uh, you know, a Vita Pura lifestyle tip. What is the, you know, give us your favorite lifestyle tip that you've integrated that, um you know, catapulted your life in a positive direction? Well, I think my current favorite lifestyle tip is to wake up with gratitude every morning. It has catapulted my life to a different place. And it it sounds like such a simple thing to do, but the first thing I do every morning when I wake up is think about all the things that I'm grateful for. And it, you know, it doesn't take very long at all. It's can start out like I'll lay in bed for a little while and I'll think to myself, oh, I'm so grateful for that beautiful friend. I'm so grateful for these connections, so grateful for those supplements, you know, like every little thing that I can be grateful for. And some days when I'm not feeling so good, it's harder to be grateful, you know, if I'm already in a funk when I wake up, but I do it anyway. And it makes so much difference. It starts my day out in a completely different way. In fact, especially if you're feeling in a funk, just to recognize what you're grateful, it changes the energy around yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, and when you can bring a smile to your place, uh, to your face, it brings a smile to your place. So that's oh, great. nice! <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I, I want to thank uh, I want to thank you so much for being with us today, and encourage our listeners healingwebinar.com and listen to Dr. Shiroko's. Uh, webinar just really inspired we'll definitely share your book when it comes out and I want to encourage our listeners this is converted into an iTunes podcast at Quebec Health so please share this with your friends and make sure you're signed up at quebecahealth.com forward slash couch talk to get on our mailing list for all new releases and again thank you so much for being with us today thank you have a wonderful day you too all right bye-bye Bye-bye.